Daniel chapter number six. If you're there, say amen. If you're glad you're saved by the grace of God, say hallelujah. Amen. If you're ready for preaching, say boom shakalaka. Amen. <laughs> Look at verse number one. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And of these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. In essence, these three men ran damage control for the king. They dealt with the problems. We well, see, oftentimes we like to say, well, look at God. He's promoted Daniel. Yeah, that promotion comes with a lot of problems. It comes with a lot of issues and a lot of things that have to be dealt with. But then look at verse number three. Then, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. I always, it says that a few times in, in Daniel chapter number six, in this Daniel. God said, hey, don't get it confused. There ain't but one of these fellas. There's, there's only one that had the testimony that Daniel had here. Look at verse number three. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together. It's a lie. What and all? What and all? How do you know that, preacher? They ain't talked to Daniel. Oh, yeah, it's real good when you're starting off with a lie. And the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast in the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing that it may not be changed or that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the, the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast not thou signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which are the children of the captain of captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he had heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set in his heart on Daniel to deliver him and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute of the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. And now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. 
And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. And his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they, may not, they, have, they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded they should take up Daniel or take Daniel up out of the den. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives and the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto thee. I make a decree that every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom that which uh, shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivered and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you again for this morning. Lord, we're so thankful this morning, so grateful this morning, God, to be able to meet together to fellowship. And I pray, Lord, this morning just for a little while, God, would you work in our hearts? And God, would you settle us down this morning? Help us to pay attention on purpose. Not just to the, the one who's speaking, Lord, but the word that we're speaking from. Lord, we need your word and we need your help. We need your touch more than we could even imagine this morning. And I pray, Lord, this morning you'd work courage in our hearts. Give us strength, convict us, challenge us, comfort us this morning. Lord, give us that what we need this morning from your word. That we might go out into a lost and dying world and carry out the great commission and honor our God amongst the people. Lord, we love you, we thank you. Lord, there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as a personal Lord and Savior. God, through the song service already, Lord, we've learned, Lord, that you've paid a debt. You paid it for every man, for every boy, for every woman, for every girl. And Lord, a simple activation of faith, repentance of sins, God will bring eternal life into their heart this morning. Lord, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Daniel chapter number six will... Uh, look at this last stand that is made here in the book of Daniel. Uh, we, we looked originally at Daniel chapter number one where Daniel and the three Hebrew, other three Hebrew boys made that stand, that private stand, that personal stand there in the palace of Babylon where they would not eat the king's meat that had been offered to idols. And we've seen that, that what we would almost call insignificant, a small stand. It, was, it, it didn't impact the entire kingdom. It didn't impact a, uh, everything that was going on. But really it was a personal stand between Daniel, 
those three Hebrew boys and their God and doing that which was right and, and it plays out and everything ends wonderful, everything ends great in that story. But then we see the progression. There's a personal stand in Daniel chapter number one and we looked last week at Daniel chapter number three how there was that public stand where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow when the music was played. There was a lot they would do for Nebuchadnezzar. There was a lot they would do for Babylon, but they would not worship the gods of Babylon. They would not worship the idols of Babylon. And so they said, listen, king, we'll do a lot, but we won't do that. But the interesting thing this morning is when you begin to look at this, Daniel 1 and Daniel 3 are, are stands made by these young men in a foreign country. But in essence, they, I don't think they got up that morning saying, you know what, today is the day I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to do it publicly. I'm going to do it in front of the whole nation. I'm going to do it in front of the king himself. No, I think it was just a, a set of circumstances that played out. So it happened to be that in essence, they, they got up that day expecting a regular routine, expecting regular life, but circumstances change. They said, listen, we have to make a stand now. In essence, this morning, Daniel 1 and Daniel 3, they make a stand, but it is not a, it is not a, a personal stand in the sense that it was forced upon them. In the sense that they got up that day, they planned that. They, it was forced in the sense that they said, either we make a stand now or we won't stand later on. We see that in Daniel 1, that, that public, that, excuse me, that private personal stand. We see in Daniel 3, that public stand, when the music began to play, they would not bow. But Daniel chapter number 6 is different. Daniel chapter number 6, it is not a, a, a set of circumstances that has caused Daniel to make this stand. But rather, it is a personal attack. It is a, it is a, a personal uh, a persecution from those within the kingdom against Daniel. We see here that we understand, how, well, how did Daniel get to Babylon? How did Daniel get there in the first place? Well, we know Judah was conquered, and in doing so, Nebuchadnezzar pulled out all the fine young men, the smart young men, the, the young men of learning and of capability. He brought them into Babylon, taught them, and so not only has, has Judah been conquered, Israel's been conquered, now they're captive in Babylon, and these young men are brought in, and they're, they're, their whole life is changed. They grew up knowing in, 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 in the, the, the shadow of the temple and the shadow of where they would meet and worship and God would meet with this people. And they grew up in the shadow and now they're in a foreign country where they don't speak the same language, they don't have the same religion, they don't have the same customs because you read Daniel chapter number six and a lot of this could have been avoided with simple common sense. And we'll talk about it in a few minutes this morning, but we'll see right here, this action that is taken against Daniel in chapter 6, it is personal. It is, it is on purpose. It is precise. How many times do we read this Daniel or that Daniel or this Daniel? And so it was, it was on them. So don't be shocked this morning when you decide, you know what? I'm going to make a stand for the truth. I'm going to make a stand for what is right. I'm going to stand on the principles and the truth of God's word. And I'm going to stand publicly. And I'm going to stand in front of everybody. I'm going to stand in front of my home. I'm going to stand in my church. I'm going to stand in my job. I'm going to stand for God. Listen, when you begin to take that stand, don't be shocked when persecution comes your way. They may not throw you in the den of lions. They may not throw you into a fiery furnace, but don't be shocked when all of hell comes against you to try to get you to be quiet, to try to get you to sit back down and get in your place. 
When in Rome, do as the Rome. When in Babylon, do as the Babylon, Babylonians. And here's the thing. If he can't tempt you away, right? If Satan can't tempt you away with the goods of this world, if he can't get that shiny thing to captivate you and for you to follow after it, he don't mind using fear to get you to be quiet. He don't mind it seeming like the very, very essence of all the world has come against you. If that's what it takes for you to sit down, to be, to be quiet, to shut your mouth, and just know your role and carry on. But every Christian this morning can be encouraged to stand. I didn't come this morning to tell you, you know what, you need to sit down and be quiet somewhere. It's high time in the day and age that we, I'm not trying to save America. I'm not trying to save the legislature. I'm not trying to save the educational system. But we're living in a day and age where absolute truth has been thrown out the window and everything's been brought into relative truth and post-humanism and all that kind of stuff. It's high time so Christians say, listen, you can say what you want to. You can do what you want to. Come against me if you have to. But I will not sit down. I will not be quiet. I will not give in. I will not give up. I will make a stand even if it's persecuted. Even if, I'm, if, if, if they come against me. Every Christian can be encouraged to stand even when we're personally threatened by noticing the following truths about Daniel's experience. Notice number one this morning we see the issue of the others. We see the issue of the others one thing that may be said about this world that is absolutely true is that anything and everything that's going on around us and everybody in this world, is a, it is a struggle for power. Everybody wants power. Everybody desires power. Everybody is craving power in this world. And what bothers most people about Christians is that we are not concerned about being power players. We're not concerned about being elevated in the eyes of people. We're not concerned with popularity. And they don't understand that because if all you have is this world and what it has to offer, then you need power. You have to have power. If somebody else has it, you have to get it from them. But as a born-again believer, my power does not come from this world. What I long for, what I look for is power from all high from a thrice holy God who sits high and above everybody else and when I'm in tune with him and I'm yoked up with him, I've got power this world can't stop. And we see here this morning what bothers these men is not that Daniel is necessarily a good person, not that Daniel has a wonderful testimony, it is that Daniel has more power than they do. They're presidents, right? They are, they are the, the king's right-hand men. They are, they are handling the affairs and the problems of the kingdom so the kingdom has no damage. And so they think, well, look at us. We've got it made. Then God says, well, I'm going to put Daniel above you. And Daniel's going to be my right-hand man. Y'all will answer to Daniel, and Daniel answers to me. How do we know King Darius had power when he's talking about realms? And that's what Daniel was saying, listen, there is not a, 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 in the known world at that time, Darius said, it's under my control. It's under my power. And I'm going to put Daniel right underneath me. He's only going to answer to me. And y'all are going to answer to him. And that's what bothered them. Daniel had more power. And I believe if you ask Daniel, Daniel would have stepped back and said, listen, I didn't get here because I was smarter than everybody else. I didn't get here because I, I, I worked hard. I didn't get here because I was better than everybody else because I, I cut everybody else out. I was cutthroat and I, I worked my way up the ladder and I kicked down everybody else who was climbing up. Daniel said, no, God has blessed me. 
God has given me understanding. Matter of fact, Daniel chapter number two, when nobody else knew what to do and how to interpret the king's dream, Daniel said, hey, fellas, why don't we go ask God about it? He's the giver of dreams anyways. And, and God gave him the understanding. God gave him the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And since that point, God has been promoting Daniel and bringing him higher and higher and higher. And that bothers these other men. Why does Daniel get sit so high and have so much power that's what we see happening in Daniel chapter number six. He's elevated by the king in verse number three. But then we see some reasons why. Not just the elevation of Daniel, the power, but verse number three tells us they don't like him because he had an excellent spirit. Look at verse number three of Daniel chapter number six. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Now, there's a lot that we can look at that, that simple phrase, that word excellent means he has an, an extraordinary spirit. In essence, when Daniel walks into a room or somebody is around Daniel, right, then when they leave from his presence, they realize I've just talked to and I've just been around somebody who is not like anybody else. I believe if you bumped into Daniel, you left encouraged. I believe if you bumped into Daniel, he had wisdom. I believe if you bumped into Daniel, you would sit back and say, he's got something that nobody else has. He had an excellent spirit, an extraordinary spirit. It was as if this, this captive of Babylon, this Hebrew from Judah, this, 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 this prisoner of, uh, of the great country and power of Babylon who is now living in Babylon and serving the Babylonian king, it's as if he enjoys what he's doing enjoys handling the king's problems. He enjoys serving. He enjoys helping. He enjoys departing wisdom. And these fellows said, we can't stand it no more. We don't like that goody two-shoes Daniel. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always uh, appreciative of what the king does for him. He's always just seemingly having a wonderful day. Does it never rain on Daniel's parade? Does Daniel never stub his toe? Does Daniel never have a bad day? Well, we know Daniel was a man just like me and you are this morning. But yet, they, they were bothered by him because he could do the same thing they were doing and what, what they griped about and what they complained about and what aggravated them, Daniel would just call it a blessing. And Daniel would continue to do it with an excellent spirit. They had a problem with his spirit. Can I say this morning, you want to know what bothers most people out in this world? It is not a Christian standing behind a, a bullhorn yelling at them at the top of their lungs, but rather it is a Christian who has the joy of the Lord in their heart and they know God's word and they stand upon it and they show up to work and they've got a smile on their face and, and they, are, they, are, they, they are just genuinely content with where God and what God has done with them. All they can talk about is the blessings of God and the goodness of God. And they're not perfect. by They have their days, but yet they still somehow get up and they still bring glory to God. They still honor him. They still praise his name. And listen, that bothers people when you have real joy because you can't find it in the world. Can't find it. You go into work on a Monday morning and your head don't hurt. You go to work on a Monday morning and you're not stumbling through 
and you go to work on, on Monday morning and, and you're not trying to just chase it away. And you're not just trying to make it through, but you come into work on, on Monday morning. Everybody else is hungover. Everybody else is miserable. They've sought all weekend long to find happiness. They've sought all weekend long to find joy and to find peace. And it left them in a worse state than when they started. And you walk in there on Monday morning and say, hey, fellas, I just want to tell you about church yesterday. My, my preacher preached and my, those singers sang and we worshiped God. We praised the Lord. It's been a wonderful weekend. Well, that's going to bother them. That's going to bother them. You're not there bragging. You're not there trying to put them down. You're just thankful for what God has done in your life. I believe that was Daniel. No one compared in the areas of work ethic, demeanor, and attitude when it came to Daniel. He had an excellent spirit. But verse number four, why didn't they like? He had a clean record. He had a clean record. Look at verse number four. Now the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel. Oh, you thought sending people to Mar-a-Lago was a new thing. You thought witch hunts were a new thing. We're all the way back in Babylon. And here they are. I'm not trying to say Trump was Daniel by any means. But what I'm trying to say is, listen, it's not nothing new. It's not nothing new. They were doing it back thousands of years ago. So the president of the princess sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. And this is, they went back to see how Daniel got to where he was. What kind of crooked deals? What kind of influence did Daniel have? Who did, whose ears did Daniel whisper into to get to where he was? And they couldn't find a single person. They couldn't find one. He said, well, you know what? Daniel was shady here. And Daniel did things that were, were, were unethical here. And what bothered them probably is because Daniel was higher up to them and they had done those things that they thought Daniel did to get to where they were. They looked at Daniel and they, they looked over his record and they said, we can't find nothing wrong with this boy. Even when it came to serving a wicked king in a worldly kingdom where there was no worship of the true and living God, they said, we've looked over Daniel and we looked over his past work record and his history and we can't find nothing. Let me ask you this morning, Christian. Could the same be said about us and our work ethic and our standards and how we how we are on the job site. He had a clean record. They couldn't find occasion. They couldn't find anything he'd done wrong. And that's not that he just, in human nature, he just messed it up, right? He, it was a mistake. It was an accident. They said, we looked over and we can't find anything he's done wrong. And then also said fault. We couldn't find any wrongdoing. Anything he did wrong on purpose. So we can't find none of that there. Said he had a clean record. But notice verse number five. What else bothered him? He had remained faithful. He remained faithful. Look at verse number five. Then said these men, we shall, find, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. They said, listen, Daniel has this perfect work record. And they said, but he's also, he's remained faithful. He hasn't been like everybody else that Babylon's captured. He hasn't been like everybody else that Babylon has absorbed through conquering. He hasn't changed his ways. He hasn't changed his beliefs. He, as a matter of fact, we know that he had changed his name, but even here, King Darius does not address him by his Babylonian name. He addresses him by Daniel. He said he had, he's remained faithful. He hasn't sold himself out for the things of Babylon, for power in Babylon. They said that bothers us. That, that upsets us. We can't attack his record, so we'll have to attack his relationship with God. Here's what they probably thought. If that relationship fails, if we can attack that and it falls, then Daniel falls. The truth of the matter is this morning, if our relationship with God begins to falter, 
and fail. And we begin to lose our, our willingness to acknowledge him, to obey him, to listen to him. We can be, we can be assured this morning that the same will happen to us. We'll quickly fall. Notice his remain, he remained faithful. Then verses six through eight, they said, here's how we're gonna get him. Here's how we're going to get Daniel. We're gonna take his wonderful relationship with God. We're gonna turn it up on its head and we're gonna use that very relationship to mess everything up in Daniel's life and to get him out of the way. Because listen, if we get Daniel out of the way, then there's more power for one of us. It's amazing how it says there was three of them, right? And so these three are now underneath Daniel and Daniel's a singular man. So now we have three men who are willing to attack one man with the hopes of just wanting them, one of them getting that spot. So that's how cutthroat this world is. They will, they will quickly throw you underneath the bus if it means promotion for them. But we see here this morning that they come with this plan. We'll, we'll use our laws against him. Somewhere way back, somewhere way back in the, the history of the Medes and the Persians, someone came up with a wonderful idea that when the king makes a law, it cannot be changed. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Well, if you're the ruling king, then yes. It gives you absolute power, absolute authority. I could say things like this. Well, since I'm the king, everybody owes me $100 now. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Listen, I, listen I, I'm glad to be an American. I mean, I'm glad for the democratic process that we practice here. But at the same time, this plan was unveiled. So they go to the king. And here's how they approach the king. Notice the, the flattery here in verse, uh, let's see, verse number six this morning. Then these three presidents princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom the governors, the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, king, the only person they can ask, king, is you. Because, king, we know how powerful you are. King, we know how smart you are. We know how great you are. We know how able you are, king. And all, all nobody else compares to you, King Darius. So for 30 days... If anybody asks of anything from anybody else, we're going to throw them in the den of lions. Boy, I could see Darius, chest poked out. I mean, I am the king of Babylon. I am the king of the known world at this time. I, I, I rule realms, not just countries. Sounds like, sign it. Write it up, I'll sign it. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful thing. You got to be careful this one because pride Pride will get you in a lot of trouble. That's why Jesus said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Woe unto you when everybody says you're the best. It seemed so sure. It seemed like a, a real thing. Either Daniel would silence himself or the lions would do it for him. One thing they forgot, God isn't governed by man's laws. That's they could say, hey, make that law. And God said, I'm still greater than it. You can't change it, but I can intervene. Do you have, let me ask you, you have a relationship with God that people realize that is where your success comes from? Or do they know what you can do? How great and strong you are, how mighty you are? Or do they know that it's God working in your life? Notice number two this morning, we see the boldness of Daniel, or the, yeah, the boldness of Daniel, verses 10 through 7. You know, oftentimes, we've, we've heard this account before, right? We know how it ends. I'm not gonna like surprise you and say, spoiler alert, but if you don't know how it ends, We've heard that if you've been in children's church for five minutes, you've heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Well, really, it's Daniel in the den of lions. 
Because a lion's den means that's where a lion could stay. A den of lions means it's a den full of lions. Big difference there, amen? But through, through familiarity, we think, well, Daniel only really had one option, right? He, he, he had to do what he did here in, in, in Daniel chapter number six. But when you sit down and think about it, right, when we, we, we put ourselves in Daniel's shoes, I quickly, I quickly came up with some good excuses to get around this law and make it seem like everything's okay. But we have to ask ourselves, what's the motivation there? Right, well, what would have been the motivation? Would have been faith? would have been fear. We see here that he could have easily prayed silently, right? God hears our silent prayers, doesn't he? Right, so he could have easily done that. I mean, God knows our hearts. So Daniel for 30 days could say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm beginning a silent prayer for 30 days. Right, he could have done that. Or he could have just, he could have just waited 30 days. Right, you know, I'm just, for 30 days, I'm gonna take a break from praying for 30 days and then after 30 days, I'm gonna come back and then, and then, then I'll start praying. But here's the amazing thing about Daniel's faith. Daniel said, "I'd rather face a den of lions than not pray for thirty days." Let me ask you this morning: <laughs> Would you have the same heart? And said, so, "Listen, I'd rather pray for thirty days, or I'd rather go to jail instead of not praying for thirty days." Let me ask you: When's the last time you prayed for thirty days? Straight, without missing a day. He could have changed the consistency of his prayers, right? Because listen, the, the law said all you, it was just those who asked for, for needs and supplications and provisions. And Daniel said, oh, for 30 days, I'm just, in my prayer life, I'm not gonna ask God for nothing. I'm just gonna tell him thank you for 30 days. I'm gonna get up for day one, thank you, Lord. Day two, thank you, Lord. All the way day 30, thank you, Lord. And day 31, I'll begin to ask God for my needs again. Well, those are all seem like, you know, reasonable uh, 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 curves around the law. But they would have been motivated by fear and not faith. So why didn't he? Why didn't he change the chain we made out of fear, not faith? Look at verse number 10. We see his continued schedule. <laughs> I love how verse number 10 starts. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, Daniel wasn't ignorant. Daniel didn't walk into his house and pray and say, oh, I didn't know the law had been signed. Daniel said, right, sign your law. Do, do what you have to do. Say what you have to say. I'm going to maintain my schedule. His continued schedule in verse number 10. He, the Bible said he, he opened up, his windows were opened under Jerusalem. Well, why is that? Well, because he knew where Jerusalem was and location. That's where the temple was. That's where God met with his people. And Daniel thought, man, I'm going to pray that way because that's where God is. I'm going to pray towards where God has brought me from. And his continued supplication. Verse number 11. The Bible said these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. I could see him huddled around the window. Shh, he's going to do it. Y'all hear him? Here they are. Here, here's the problem. Right? So many times this morning, and so many times in our Christian life, we're quickly to critique people about how they serve the Lord and what they do. That sometimes we, we miss out on the very, very thing that, that would have helped them. They could have very well heard a, a, a man talk to a thrice holy God and seen something and heard something that was real. They said, shh, wait, he's fixing to ask God something. We're fixing to have him. We've got him trapped now. What that, what that must have looked like. Well, they couldn't find, he was asking 
help for, or what, what they couldn't find. Or in essence, what, what he was asking for is something they couldn't find themselves. The Bible said he gave thanks to the Lord, right? He, he, he asked supplications, Lord, I need wisdom. They couldn't find that themselves. Lord, I need help and I need strength and courage and I need peace and I need joy. And they said, I can't find none of that. They had just listened to Daniel instead of, instead of just waiting on him to say that. They would have found out the source of all those things. We see here this morning that, that the boldness of Daniel. That says Daniel said, I ain't gonna quit. I'm gonna go to my house and do what I've always done. I'm gonna do it three times a day. I'd rather honor God than obey man. There's gonna come a point in your Christian life where you're gonna have to make that choice. Am I gonna honor God or am I gonna obey HR? Am I gonna honor God or am I gonna obey the school system? Am I gonna honor God or am I gonna obey the popularity of, uh, of the public? Am I gonna honor God or am I gonna stand for what is right? We see here this morning that Daniel, Daniel's boldness, but notice this, Daniel's lack of protest. They go and they tell the king, oh, king, you remember that law you signed? Oh, we heard Daniel. and He was asking God for things. He didn't even wait for like day 21. As soon as we signed it, as soon as you signed it, king, he went to praying. Oh, he don't respect you, king. The Bible says that Daniel, excuse me, King Darius is immediately troubled within his heart. He doesn't share the same feelings that these men feel. Why? Because Daniel's been a blessing to him. Daniel's been a help to him. Daniel's got a, a source of wisdom that nobody else has. And so we know the, the account, they, they bring Daniel before King Darius and King Darius is trying his best to, to fix the problem. See, if I'd have been Daniel, I probably would have opened my mouth right then and said, hey, just change the law. You're the king. Who's going to stop you? Just change the law. Fix it. Look what I've done for you, king, how faithful I've been and how I've helped and how, I've, how God has allowed me to bless you and encourage you and strengthen you. Can't you just change this one thing for me? As far as we tell, Daniel never opens his mouth. He doesn't fight for his own way. He doesn't go kicking and screaming. And it's a lot of the times Daniel wasn't looking for a, a political victory. Right? He wasn't looking for, for those things, but rather a supernatural one, one that would bring glory to God. Because if Daniel would have worked it out of himself, Daniel would have got the glory for it. And Daniel said, I'm going to trust God. And a lot of the times, right, we, we, we think about this, right, well, what is, oh, when's the church going to get so active and when's the church going to get so powerful that we'll get prayer back in the schools and they'll, they'll hang up the Ten Commandments in the courthouse and, and we'll bring the Bibles back into the public school. When's that going to happen, preacher? Listen, I, I'm not so much concerned about the public school system. My question is, when is prayer going to get back into the home? When is the Bible going to get back into the home? When is the Ten Commandments going to be something that is not just uh, uh, known about but followed and lived by within the home? Preacher, why have our school systems fall apart? Because long before the school system fell apart, the home fell apart. And here, I'm not trying to win a, a political battle. Listen, I, don't, I really don't think this morning that prayer is ever going to get back to school in my lifetime. I don't think the Bible is ever going to get back into the public schools. That you, can't, you can't have both those there at the same time. Well, why, preacher? You can't teach evolution in the Bible at the same time. How can two walk together unless they agree? But can I say this morning, I know where it is going to be at. Where, preacher? In my living room? With my children? With my wife? With my family? Here? <laughs> All right, I said I was done. I ain't going there. 
Listen, we don't need a programs and fancy things and all. We need somebody who'll open up a Bible and say, thus saith the Lord, here's how, here's what it says, here's how it applies, now go practice it. Right, that's what's gonna make a difference here. And here, Daniel said, listen, I, I, I'm not gonna fight this. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna wing my way around this. I'm not gonna stand up for myself. I, I've done what I was supposed to do to honor God. A legislative action isn't, isn't going to save your home. Spiritual application of God's word will save your home, fix your home. Some would say Daniel went all, about it all wrong. I would say he went about it all right. Exactly how he needed to do it. He made a stand without speaking a single word. He made a, a stand without, without having to, 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 to you know, make everybody do something. Well, let me ask, what's your motivation for standing? Is it a political thing? Is it a promotional thing? I want to stand so everybody recognizes me and sees me. Or is it a personal decision to honor the Lord? We see the boldness of Daniel. Then notice number three, this one, the results of the stand. Verses 18 through 20 is quite ironic. Daniel has been thrown into a den of lions. Verse number 18 this morning of Daniel chapter number six. The Bible says in verse number seven, they, they rolled, 17, they rolled the stone out and they sealed it. I, I love verse number 16. <laughs> they cast him into, that means they, they didn't politely set him in the, the den. They threw him down into there. A den full of lions. And King Darius is trying to talk to him. In verse number 16, now king, king, the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. <laughs> well, thanks, king. <laughs> I mean, that, that would have been, really, now? Now you want to be a motivational speaker? And then verse number 17, they roll a stone in front of it. Then verse number 18, the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from, it sounds like the king was more worried than Daniel was. <laughs> He's sitting in the palace. He said, he's got everything he wants, everything he needs. And he's worried to death. And all we know is Daniel's in the lion's den. Just sitting there, going through it. The Bible doesn't record Daniel's thoughts and Daniel's feelings and all that, that kind of stuff. But here's the king, he's so worried about it. And he finally, the day comes and the sun rises. And you go down to verse number 20. The, the king beats everybody there. He comes running down to the den of lions in verse number 20. And when the, he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel as if he didn't think he was going to get an answer. He sad, and the king spake and said, Daniel, oh Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? He runs down there and he asks this question, probably not thinking he's going to get an answer. Look at verse number 21. Boy, I wish I had a time machine. I'd like to go down there and see them faces on them boys. <laughs> verse number 21, the king has cried out to him. Verse number 21, and Daniel said unto the king, you big dummy, why'd you put me in here? It's not what he says. See, Daniel didn't hold a grudge. Look what he said. Oh, king, live forever. King, it was your decree. It was your choice. It was your action that really caused this into being. But king, I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to respect you. And so one of the things we have to realize when we make a stand as a Christian, it is not to make somebody else feel dumb. It is not to put anybody else down. It is not to make somebody feel like they're less than, but rather it is to bring glory to God. He didn't, hold, he didn't become disrespectful. He didn't embarrass the king. Notice this, he declared as God. Look at verse number 22. My God. Daniel said, yeah, that one he was talking about. Yeah, my God. He provided. When you couldn't provide king, my God did. 
When you weren't able to, King, my God did. When, when nothing else could help, my God knew exactly where I was. Notice this, Daniel said, he acted on, on my behalf. He sent his angel. I wonder, what did Daniel do in there? Well, he probably just had a conversation with the angel. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> Back and forth they went, and they're conversing there. He acted on my, he sent somebody. <laughs> Here's the thing this morning. Preacher, tell me how great of a God we serve. He knows how to get to you when nobody else can. He knows how to show up in the places that are locked and locked down tight to get to where you are. Ask some disciples. Jesus died and they met in that upper room scared to death, didn't know what they was fixing to do. And Jesus just showed up right in the middle of it. Hey, fellas, what y'all doing? <laughs> we see that he said he acted on my behalf. Notice this, he acted miraculously. He shut the lion's mouth. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine Daniel just sitting there and just waiting. He, he's in a den. He has no idea what time it is, how long he's been in there. And he's watching those lions. He don't see no teeth. They ain't yawning. Their mouths aren't opening. They're just sitting there. Well, I'm glad this morning, and, and we understand in our Bible, a lot of times the lions in this aspect, when they're used as a, as a form of punishment or a form of torture, they're, they're, they're used as a, as a picture of Satan. He's, he's as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Well, I'm glad this morning God knows exactly how to shut his mouth. <laughs> knows exactly how to keep him quiet. He's literally sitting next to him and saying, ain't nothing you can do to me. Ain't nothing you can really do to me. God's got your mouth shut. Well, how can, we, how can we live so much of our Christian life scared to death of Satan and what he's going to do? <laughs> that little funny story that happened this morning. I was writing my notes down. And I had gotten to this point or somewhere in here. And I, and I, I think I wrote the notes where if you make a stand, be ready. Uh, Satan will come ready to attack you. This world will come ready to attack you. And it's, it's dead quiet in our house. It was before everybody was up. TR is dead asleep. And I'm writing these things down about how, <laughs> how Satan will pinpoint you and he'll know exactly where you are. He'll come after you. He's ready to persecute your stand. And out of the dead silence of our house, T.R. hollers from his room. Hey, you over there. <laughs> Talking in his sleep. Say, Lord. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> yep, me over here. But notice this, he also said God acted graciously. Notice what it says right there in verse number 22. It says, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that he, then they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me. Here's the thing, Daniel knew he wasn't innocent. How do you know that preacher? Go to Daniel chapter nine. Daniel's praying about his sin. Daniel said, God in his righteousness very well could have just laid me out and let these lions take me apart. He said, but for some reason, God, dealt with me graciously. And I encourage you this morning, when you make a stand for God, God does not owe you and I the opportunity of freedom, the opportunity to come out, but yet when we walk out of that stand, that persecution, and we walk out of the den of lions, so to speak, we'll say, my goodness, how great is the grace of God. We see here this morning that he acted graciously. And the reaction of the king, verse number 23, he said, get him out of there. The king said, get Daniel out of there. Get him out of there now. He pulls them out, and he says, y'all go in. Who? The ones who had set them up. The ones who had, who had made the decree and had the king sign it. Here's the sad part. It wasn't just the men. It said their wives and their children. 
Can I encourage you this morning to never get, never, never get to the place in your Christian life where you're okay with disobeying God. And you're okay with not serving Him and not seeking Him. Because you'll never know the devastation it's going to cause on your children and your family this morning. He threw them back in. He, he rewarded the wrongdoing. And can I say this morning, that's the only real outcome for evil. <laughs> Everybody's worried about who's going to win tonight. You know what I'm not worried about? Who's going to win in the end? Evil doesn't win, amen. Preacher, haven't you seen our country? Haven't you seen our society? Oh, I have. They ain't going to win. They ain't going to win, amen. Notice the, the lasting effect. There was a change law. The king finally got it. He said, you know what? I'm the king. I'll change the law if I want to. Here's what he changed the law to. Don't say anything about the people who worship Daniel's God. <laughs> what he said, the king Darius wrote all the people, nations, and languages and that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that he said, this, they ain't writing it for me. They didn't tell me what to say. He said, I, this is me, this is the king speaking. That every dominion of my kingdom men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he's the living God. <laughs> and the steadfast forever. In his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, his dominion shall even be even until the end. King Darius said, he's gonna outlive me. He said, I'm the king of the world right now. He said, but the God of Daniel is far greater than me. And that's one of the greatest sermons ever preached in your Bible was preached by a lost man. He said, follow him. Follow the God of Daniel. He changed law. In verse 28, there's a continued legacy. Look at verse number, continued testimony. So this Daniel, this Daniel, not another Daniel, but this Daniel, prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian, one who came after him. And I say this morning, you'll never know the effect of your stand when you don't give in, when you don't let fear stop you, and you just make a stand for God. You don't ever know how long that'll influence people, how long that'll encourage people, and how long that'll help people. My encouragement to you is when, the, when you make the stand and persecution comes, just keep standing. Just keep standing this morning. Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening. They're coming to make music.